0: We are looking forward to Mayor Ganem, who I think is quite literally about to enter the studio. Is that right? Here he is. Hello, Mayor Ganem. You're on the air. I'm on. Grab, grab a headphone. How are you? Let me shake your hand. We're even going to allow you to bring water in the studio. That's a big deal. Here we go. There we go. You got it? Good You're morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. I even here. You got it? Sit right to the side of the mic. Perfecto. Right there. Excellent. You comfortable? Buried. Good, good. Thanks for coming on today.
2: Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, I wanted nice, I wanted
0: to, uh, I wanted to let person. everybody know that you asked to be on, and that there were no preconditions set for this interview. It's whatever I feel like asking you, right? I like it. You like it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive right in. I want to ask you this: You uh, probably are familiar with Judge Clark's recent opinion, in which he found that two women were directly involved in 15 incidents of ballot stuffing. And this, and in his words, Mayor Ghanem, he said, both were partisans for Ghanem. The ballot-stuffing episodes were, quote, shocking and conscious acts with partisan purpose rather than random. So Wanda Jeter Pataki was the greeter of uh, people in Bridgeport and Town Hall. She's a notable active person in the Democratic Town Committee. She and Anita Martinez are alleged to be these women that did this the judge finds they partisans for you. Do you accept responsibility for what happened there?
2: Absolutely. And part of what I wanted to <clears throat> get into today was, was just that. And upon a period of time now, reading the judge's decision, of course, um, listening to the court, um, listening to people, um, by and large, in large measures, more so than I have uh, In the past, it's clear to me that, um, you know, taking ownership of what happened during this election, my campaign, taking ownership of it, and now looking forward to, one, acknowledge that, clearly acknowledge that, wrongdoing, uh, impropriety with ballots, uh, as the judge uh, clearly articulates, um, needs to be put on the table if it hasn't, and it's being done here uh, this morning with you. And then, in the same time, to do two other things, if you'll allow me. Um, One is to, which I will in a minute, uh, offer what I think are ways in which we, all of us, but certainly the campaigns going forward, two campaigns going forward to January 23rd, um, need to acknowledge and then put into place measures um, that will allow this to never uh, happen again in Bridgeport.
0: So- in 2019, you uh, have all these absentee ballots, and you win the primary convincingly uh, with the absentee ballots. But Marilyn Moore loses at the polls. She doesn't end up petitioning. So you basically have the field to yourself in 2019, and you win handily. But at that time, it's the same person who's alleged to have done this. That investigation re-upped in June. Did you ever have a conversation with Wanda and say, No offense, you're not helping me. You may think you're helping me, but you're not helping me.
2: So, and I said this, and it's actually, I think, part of an article in the paper today, that when that news came, which was a week before, I may be exaggerating a little bit, but sometime shortly before uh, this recent primary, was the first time that the public, and me included, became aware that there were SEC complaints filed against, as you say, Wanda uh, and others, and that they had then been referred and that was the news and i i frankly acknowledge that but i also felt after it was almost 4 years that it didn't look right um and whether it was the scec and in 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 waiting and i'm not saying they waited but the timing is the timing if these were filed in 2019 and then action is taken in 2023 mm-hmm. i mean That begs a question as to – and and disclosed, if you will, publicly a week before the election, you know, there were people that that looked at it, myself included, and said, what's up with this? Um, Okay, but putting aside the lateness of it, but but the
0: facts of it is – in other words, did you ever have a conversation with any of these women or your campaign in which you sat down and said, we've been accused of this four years ago? We don't want to be accused of this anymore.
2: Oh, there were – to the campaign in general, everyone that worked on it, and we call it the do's and the don'ts, which is part of the paperwork that you get, made very clear, you cannot touch a ballot. Applications are different, but you can't touch a ballot. So yes, and the expectations were that that was the way we were proceeding 100%.
0: So then if you're taking responsibility, what went wrong, Mayor Gannon? If you're saying that you had the do's and don'ts, but what, what, these people are your partisans and they going out there, is it a wink-wink? What, what's going no, on?
2: No, it's not a wink-wink. Okay. And it's, it, it, as I've said before, uh, whatever was done needs to be dealt with. Um, and, and that's clear. And that is not acceptable. It's not accepted to me. Um, I wish, I think the word I used, and the judge used the same word, shocked when we saw, I saw the video the same time everyone did. And then, you know, there was the court case, and all the videos were turned over to the court and on display obviously across the country. Um, and and so going forward, knowing now that there'll be a new primary um, or ordered by the court, we had the option to continue to say, no, no, we want to appeal this matter. We want to challenge it. We want to, the results to rest. I've decided and, and by taking no action and stating it here so it's clear that we decided, I decided, along with others, not to take an appeal. Okay. To accept the judge's ruling, as difficult as it is for, uh, for a process that requires now at least another primary, and we'll see what happens after that. But to embrace that, and hopefully supporters, detractors alike, will embrace it as the next process that we can rely on. The people of Bridgeport, myself included, deserve nothing less. We deserve a process that we know is clean, is transparent, and has results that we can rely on. Um,
0: are you hearing on your listening tour that people are disappointed in you?
2: I'm hearing my, my listening tour has um, is, is been focused on what I call reconnecting one-on-one with the people that I've served and have had a strong connection with an understanding where maybe I've gotten caught up too much in, in City Hall uh, they used to call it the uh, the room number in the old building was with the mayor's office was number. It was room 201. They used to call it 201 syndrome, where you could be doing a great job in the building, but you, you lose touch. And it happens, and it can happen. And to acknowledge that, uh, as I did individually with people, whether it's in the diners, whether it's in houses of worship, whether it's um, it, from community leaders, former elected officials who are saying, hey, Joe, or, or they don't even have to say Joe. I say, I've said to them, talk to me. Tell me what you're thinking. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not the brightest guy in the room and I, I know I got a lot of people, thousands of people voted for me, but I'd be a complete fool to realize there weren't thousands of people that voted in a different direction that decided maybe they would go with someone they didn't know or don't, don't really know. Um, but they certainly didn't come out and vote for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to not acknowledge that in an office that I've held for, you know, and understand I, I think better than anybody, not only how it runs and how to make it work effectively, but then at the same time, to allow myself to say, how did you lose touch with with what is, I guess, in, 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 in many ways, what I enjoy most about the job, which is the one-on-one interactions with people, the ability to have them come and talk to me. And while they're talking to me to understand that if they have an issue, I can probably, because of the, 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 the grace of the voters, the grace of God, and in a position to give them an answer and address it. If I can't do it myself, to put them in a position where we can help, and in Bridgeport's population, um, the center, of the seat of Fairfield County, which is one of the most rich and affluent, has is, is basically a, a largest population of people who have some of the greatest needs. Yes, and 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 it's everything from, uh, and I can give you personal examples because they, they ring in my brain as I sit here, of of whether it's at uh, it, the lines of of. Uh, People looking for a meal, a holiday meal, and, and understanding that challenge and, and not even having transportation to get back to where they live when they've come for a meal and they're That's walking right. in the cold rain. Mm-hmm. Um, or someone in the in, in church in, in Shiloh, I- I- as the pastor said, if you have a question for the mayor, ask him directly. And, and a woman talked to me and she said, this is the first opportunity, mayor, that I've had to talk to you. And, and to me, and I've said this before and been quoted on, I felt... A, a, loss. Like, Do you
0: think it's because it's a four-year term and not a two-year term? Most of your mayoral early on, you know, you had to rerun so when you have to run every two years by nature, you have to be more accountable to the people. You think it's a function of a longer term?
2: It shouldn't have to be. Well. It shouldn't have to be and, and, and it won't be uh, uh, because part of this uh, I call it the listening tour and I know it's kind of cliche, but it is listening and it's, it's connecting and reconnecting is, uh, at least for me, it does, I don't need a two-year, four-year, four-year. It's, it's it re energized, I think, in so many ways, the, the mayoral uh, 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 energies that, that allowed me to focus on, on, on what is truly the priorities for anybody who wants to move. Uh, the people, want, who loves the people of the city, but, but wants to move the city in a direction that can serve better on the quality of life.
0: We are listening to WICC. on Lisa Wexler. We're chatting with Mayor Joe Gannam. He's in studio. We're going to be right back. We're going to review a little bit of the mayor's life and career when we return. Stay tuned. And we're back with Mayor Joe Ganim of Bridgeport, who is running in a second primary, the first one invalidated on the grounds of uh, ballot-stuffing election fraud. The primary is coming up January 2030, he faces off against John Gomes. And then there will be a general election, February 27th, that has been scheduled. Mayor Gannam asked to come in studio here on WICC and have a sit-down one-on-one. i got to ask you something, Mayor Gannum. I really want to ask you about this. You spent a lot of time in jail. You spent five years at Fort Dix. When you close your eyes now, and you think about that time period in your life, 2005 to 2010, 2003 to 2008, around in that, what do you remember from that time?
2: It was a very painful time. Um, and very hard to talk about. So I appreciate the question. And it, it, we had a, uh, there was a, approach that it was uh, supportive of uh, individuals who would say that, um, if I can phrase it right, as long as your family was doing okay, then you were or we were doing okay. And it's it's kind of maybe overly sensitive because, you know, being there for reasons and so on. But there was always the perspective that it was probably harder if you will, on your family than it was. And so so that gave us the strength to say, this is easy, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek if you could imagine that in a a very difficult situation. But you really allowed yourself to focus that way. And so that was meaningful. Um, And that was was, uh, strength in a difficult time.
0: You were married at that time. Were you able to have any intimacy with your wife, emotionally, physically? How were you able to so, be married so when you were in jail? So last
2: night, and I'll answer it this way. So last night, I went to a uh, a, a reentry uh, panel, and I was on a panel last night for reentry. Okay. I'm a returning citizen, and, and Bridgeport has a thousand returning citizens every year, um, and we've worked hard to reduce what's called the recidivism rate. I didn't tell you, you which is who's going to return and who's not. And what are we doing? What, what's, what's the, what are the programs? What are the, the barriers that we need to reduce in order to allow people to return and be productive citizens? And it made great strides on it. There are actually some people there, as odd as it might seem, from Norway, and they were studying our system because we had re- Connecticut reduced its prison population, and Bridgeport has reduced its recidivism rate from somewhere in the high 30s to down to single digits. Because of a welcoming center because of trying to reduce barriers for and support services for mental health and and reconnecting with children and job opportunities and housing and all those things, and we call, put the mayor 's office of of returning uh, for, for returning citizens MyRA into place, and some of that has, has gone a long way but when I talked to them, I said and to, to get to your question um, my strength in, 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 in the advantages I had—I I talked about some barriers and challenges I had coming back, and certainly trying to re-enter public life, and you know all the compromises that that might be, and, and the challenges. But um, that because I've had—I said this—because I have such a strong family structure, a large family. I have my, my parents are still alive. God bless they them. They are. Uh, my dad's ninety-six, and oh my, my mother's God. eighty-six. She would oh. hate that for telling me her age because she wouldn't look at it like it. Um, but I still go on Sunday, and we have meals at her at her house. And you know, I'm blessed with children—my three children—and they're grown, and they do well. And you know, nephews and nieces are on the ho- so so back. To- Not to mention all the brothers on the buses, on the
0: buses. We see the brothers on That's the buses right. all That's the right. time. That's right.
2: Yeah, yes. the b- advertising on the buses. <laughs> right. She means right. Um, but um, and and so you know, flashback to what I mentioned earlier about walking away from a—I call it a soup kitchen—was really the Gary Cook Center. And and when I was going home myself to my parents' house for dinner, I was like. You know, just in just in the scheme of life, and, and, and as you say, um, uh, you know, but for uh, uh, God's grace, go go I I could. But so I've had all that, and so I said last night that it's, it's really unfair for me to talk about my challenges of of reentry and my challenges of being incarcerated because I had so much support from a family that was unwavering, and so uh, to get to where you want to ask on this, which is you know getting very into my personal life um of course it was a terrible strain uh on 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 family but as is i think you know and i always would say that you know every family every person has their challenges and you know you can take yours and say that they're overwhelming at times or it's unfair but if you do that i think you're 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 not serving yourself well um and if you understand that in in so many ways life is full of challenges and it's not what you accomplish, what you overcome, then you focus and you uh, you get your strength. And 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 even in this job, I find that my challenges sometimes bleed over and impact. You know what I do, what I don't do, the embarrassment involved in this campaign, and so on. It, it impacts How's everyone. your
0: relationship with your kids now?
2: Oh, my kids are are, are fantastic. They've um, they've gone on and do um, have have gone on to their own personal successes. Um, and, uh, you know, I have nothing but uh, accolades for them. Do they live Love. locally? Uh, yeah. My, uh, two of them live in, in Connecticut, and one's moved to Texas and have gone on to, to uh, in many ways. If you live in Austin, you can say you're living the dream, I guess, right?
0: Not for me. And then I, sent, I like Connecticut much better. I
2: sent them a, a, a thing once because Bridgeport got fourth you know we're top five of places you know you get these surveys and we don't usually come out in the top a lot of them because because of our demographics i mean it's a challenge you know but it it said one of the most desirable above raleigh north carolina and so i shot it out and said we're ahead of austin texas you know places and and things like that as as a point of pride so um so it's it's um it's that kind of stuff i i you know when you when you stack up in life i think um Uh, priority certainly my commitment to the people the city of Bridgeport I think you know if if anybody wants to question it they can but it's unwavering um in my love for the job and the people that I serve but you know I am uh, a top priority in my life I've tried to maintain uh as you would beg with the question being a father Mm -hmm. um cherishing uh, not only my children I mean, my when parents. you sat
0: down did your kids give you a hard time did they say dad you disappointed us or were these unsaid like what kind of family do you come well from? I'll
2: share one conversation with you because I've shared it before and then you know I want l- to just l- let next. them live their lives you know um, because it's not easy having uh, a, you know a high-profile member of your family let's That's face true. it on good days or on bad days but at one point when I wanted when I thought about coming back and I've shared this before so this is not out of school um, I sat down with my with my um children or we stood up, whatever we had a conversation. I said, Look, you know, um I think I can I think I still have something to uh offer uh the people of the city of Bridgeport. And I was dissatisfied from what I had seen, i uh, as to far as lack of direction, taxes going up, all these different things. And I was like, But look, you know, this is this is no walk in the park. These these are running political campaigns. I mean, you know, you gotta you, you make Rocky look like a lightweight when you get into these things, you know, you get bloodied up and and, you know, I bleed and I cry and I pray just like everybody else, um, even though maybe I don't show it that much. But um, at the time, the 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 uh, response was, you know, there's there's different nuances of it. They were asking questions um, and I said, look, it's not all good. You know, sometimes they say good things about you. Sometimes they say really bad things about you. And and. And my daughter's eyes rolled and said, Dad, we've heard all that before. You know, we know you. And they basically said, if you can uh, help the people of Bridgeport, you should do it. And so that was a litmus test for me.
0: You sort of rose like the phoenix. I don't know about that.
2: feel like I'm still in the ashes at times, but uh, it's a difficult. So so the point of that, the point so of that So are was, you trying
0: to say that the, your reason for getting up in the morning, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that your reason for getting up in the morning because you feel like you can use this to help people? Is that what you're
2: about? That's all it's about. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I'm probably, I get beat over the head by people that are close to me that I'm too... You know, you got to come across as this strong, you know, what you do as mayor or is it, you know, people expect that. But, you know, reconnecting with people who are, let's say, have not had uh, the same advantages mm-hmm. uh, or blessings that others have had. And, you know, the role and responsibility singularly in the office that you can make a difference and you see an impact when you do make a difference, that is singularly rewarding. So, and I could, you know, I've done other things, I could do other things, but there is a skill set that I, you know, again, that that I believe anyways, that I bring to this position, despite the imperfections, despite mistakes, uh, that that is best for Bridgeport now and for the next four years. Do you
0: think there's something unique, Mayor Gannum, about Bridgeport, per se, and the people? Uh, I've had people on my show before, and you know, I'm so happy you're here on WICC, because this is a Bridgeport station, and these are the people Mm. um, that have said that the people in Bridgeport, particularly the people of a lower socioeconomic level, are forgiving.
2: Well, there's two things, and that was the word I was gonna use, and I'm an example of that, right? Uh, but they're also resilient and tough. And and, and and I mean that in a flattering way. You don't push somebody around from Bridgeport because they're going to push you back, right? If somebody somebody says something about Bridgeport, um, even if it's true, if it's not flattering, you better get out of the way because we stand strong. You ever see the shirts, Bridgeport strong? That means something. So so there's a strength that uh, that the people of individually and collectively of the city of Bridgeport has – and and you know socioeconomic or whatever, there is a level of of intelligence of street smart that it, you know I put up against no disrespect if you're a New Yorker uh, up up against a New Yorker or anybody else. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 don't mess with Bridgeport, okay? And so yeah, you got to be you're, you got to be tough if you're going to be mayor, and you got to be tough if you're going to be out in the neighborhoods. And you know you got to be able to walk it and, and and you know and talk it and there's no if you're phony you know they're you're gonna you're gonna get tossed out on your ear or get run over or, or, or bypass so you get that straight but with all that toughness uh, it's clear it is a uh, a city that it it accepts uh, it um, is forgiving um, and it is gracious um, to anyone who wants to be a part of it. And we are a city um, of immigrants who uh, come to this city. If you come to Fairfield County, if you come to Connecticut, chances are, no disrespect, you're not going to start in Westport um, or, you know, another town. My, my family, for instance, and my father, my grandfather came here at the turn of the century and uh, had eight children as well on my father's side my mother grew you're up. from lebanese? Le- lebanese lebanese extraction? on my father's side my mother is uh half and i'm half a quarter italian and, and a quarter syrian oh and so my mother oh, grew really up in the, interesting. yeah my mother okay. grew up in the hollow on um, benham avenue um and my father's family had a fruit stand
0: i would like to have the hummus at your house the on hummus, sunday
2: yes you're yeah. welcome to come by the way <laughs> okay. you said my mother's listening she'll okay. invite you you know <laughs> it's all about the food it is about <laughs> the food um and uh, they raised their family, uh, my aunts and uncles and my dad, with a fruit stand and, you know, pushed very hard for education. So, you know, my father's a lawyer, my uncles were lawyers, and my brothers and sister have all gone on to higher education. And in, in my generation, um, eight kids, we had six of us either in college so tuition wise college or law school at one time so my parents
0: unbelievable
2: yeah they stepped up education
0: education education
2: so i'm 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 a product of that um of uh, still being a a son hopefully a good son uh with parents that are always still there for all of their children all of us did they visit you in prison oh yes they did oh yeah and your brothers too did people come see you sure um you know it's a difficult setting of course but uh you know, it's and it's difficult for the family. So it's sometimes it's like, no, I'm I'm good. I think they w- really want to just make sure, as they as any mother, parent, or family member would, for any child. Yeah. In any situation that is. They want to make sure like you're that. fed and you're well. So and we I've been very blessed with all that, and my family roots in the city go back, as I say, a couple generations, and um, that's why I felt it, not only, you know, when I got, in, but my dad. Interestingly, I was talking about family, so I go to churches a lot. I go to the churches and. Generally, younger people come to churches, but generally older people go to churches more and more. And I get pulled aside by someone who's older than me, and I'm not a kid. And they'll say, you know, your father was my my first lawyer. Even the pastors tell me, you know, when we couldn't find a lawyer to help us set up a church, it was your dad. Mm -hmm. And so, and with that, and with his involvement, and, you know, I learned a lot. And then I started as a a young young lawyer. I did special defender work, but I also did pro bono work for... For residents, you know, you had Curtis Lee on. I brought Curtis yeah. in in the in the early '80s because with the no, red beret, yes. And there was no police protection, and for the seniors at Twin Towers, for instance. So we we brought the Twin Towers, we brought the Guardian Angels in, and my dad actually gave them an apartment at the time and let them stay in the, in that section. And then I represented the tenants' organization up at uh, Trumbull Gardens when they were trying to jack the rents up in a pro. So that's where I started, you know, cut my teeth, if you will, and. And started to get involved in, and my dad had been like uh, not only involved in the politics, but had the muscular district. He drive was he or, was
0: Republican. You decided to be Democrat. What was a, that about?
2: It was about um, the values of, of of the core values of, De- of 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 the Democratic Party, which was to um, try and give a helping hand, um, not be associated with just you no know, disrespect to Republicans with big business and 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 all that. But to, to provide for, as, as we do in Bridgeport, people that have the greatest need, people trying to make a start, bring their families here, immigrants, um, people that want second chances, uh, people that need the job opportunity or, or decent affordable housing. And so I clung to that and moved in th- moved, moved into Bridgeport because my family had moved to Easton and um, and had always practiced law here and had been fr- been from here and, and maintained, I tried to follow um, that. Uh, tradition.
0: We're going to be right back with Mayor Joe Gannon. We're hearing his life story. You're listening live. I'm Lisa Wexler to WICC here at 600 a.m. 107.3 FM and WICC600.com. We'll be right back And we're here with Mayor Joe Gannum live in studio. Mayor Ganim, um, there's been a lot of talk about real estate in this last campaign, and I've got a question for you. I know that right now you're being investigated about where it is you really live, where is your primary residence, but it's also been disclosed in the Connecticut Post that in the last few years you've done a fair amount of flipping, renovating, buying, selling. My question to you is, as the full-time mayor of, of Bridgeport, do you think it's ethical Not about legal or illegal. Do you think it's ethical for you to be engaged in the kind of business where you're profiting from buying and selling real estate in Bridgeport?
2: Yeah, I don't. It's definitely ethical. Is it practical? I'm learning it's probably not practical um, as much as.
0: What do you mean by that?
2: Because it's it it, with all the things that I'm doing as mayor, I I probably don't do the other stuff real well. Okay, as you can see, guys, late. The contractors late in pulling permits. Um, you know, I'm, I get into a house that's dilapidated uh, terribly on a short sale, and I think I can move into it because I fall in love with it and try and fix it up while living in it, while the roof leaks, um, and, you know, put a ton of money into it, and then obviously don't do, uh, do it as well as someone in a high-profile position like me should do. Um, So I don't think But can you
0: see why people might think it's not ethical? Because, you know, you're choosing the assessors, you're choosing the planning and zoning people. You may know parts of the city that may be in the process of being redeveloped or have their road paved or whatever it is. Can you see why some people would look askew at that?
2: I I think it's open to people having those thoughts. None of that was a part of anything that had to do with anything I did with real estate. I've settled into a nice... Condo in Black Rock at 350 Grover's. Uh, I don't like to put my unit number out, but if you want me to, I will. Um, Certainly. Pub- Why
0: not if a- you're going to be? 12-A.
2: A- okay. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it is, a, you know, it's all public record. Um, so I don't, I don't know. In, in the midst of a political campaign, it always seems to be one of those volleys that gets tossed. But I think it's appropriate, and I've learned, especially in this campaign, if something gets said or done and you don't address it, you're going to assume somebody's going to believe it to be true. So um, I, I, that needs to be dispelled. That is where I live. Uh, I enjoy it. I've met my neighbors. Uh, I, you know, I haven't been to a board meeting yet because it's a condo, but I've offered to do that. And, um, are I you just,
0: near where the lights are there at St. Mary's? Because that's been a subject I know of contention. It is.
2: I, I, I know the lights, um, and I know the Parks Board had an issue with it, and the police had an issue with it. And I think you and I spoke about yeah. it at one point, trying to get something going there. And I spoke to some of the residents that are right out on the water there in those nice big houses. Yeah. I'm not in one of those.
0: You're not in one of those?
2: Not in one Not of yet? One. <laughs> not, no, I don't think I need a big house. Yeah, uh. When I had a big house, it was, there was family living with me and pets and all that. And uh,
0: Do you have a dog now? Do you have any pets?
2: I don't. I had half adopted a dog. For, well, I, I, I'd like to claim that my daughter's dog sees me and thinks I'm still part of the family, you know. But uh, no. But we had dogs growing up, um, cats as well, and I do love them. I don't think, again, a little different than the real estate thing, but I don't think my job uh, allows me the luxury mm-hmm. of having a dog.
0: Unless you have the dog with you. Well, I
2: tried that for a while. It's another story it's another I adopted story. one from the from the shelter and it became a you know one of these things. So we should just move on okay. unless you really, if you want to get into the dog' yeah, you it's okay
0: I'm into the dog i, love, but,
2: I do, but i do love I do love dogs um and, and, and in fairness to having a pet I'd want to have them around me all the time for sure. I don't know that I could actually be able to do that effectively as with, with my job and, and commitments, so that's we're chatting
0: with point. Mayor Joe Gannum. Mayor Ganem, we began this, and I asked you about responsibility about this election fraud, and you said, "Yes, I take responsibility." So, what does that mean? What is the end after that sentence? Yes, I take responsibility.
2: The end is that acknowledging that that there were people in the campaign that violated, you know, the election election laws, as as the judge clearly saw from from evidence
0: when they're prosecuted in a criminal way will you be testifying
2: I have no idea how that'll work whether I get called in I don't have any I don't think I have any knowledge other than the campaign I had no knowledge of this so I mean if they call me in on that I would be able to say that you know we have do's and don'ts that everyone was told you need to follow um and I'll say it here on the ear than anybody with regards to this going forward um we are even going further, and I'll I'll share with you what I mean, if you'll allow me. Um, I think we need to go further in this next election cycle, um, which is January. And I'm calling upon, and I'll do it formally in a press conference later, but uh, the Secretary of, of, of State to do much more um, and appreciate the work that she and her office has done and the SEC. But I think we need to do more. I think this is that, unfortunately, that example where we can't, over, you can't overdo it on things that could be put into place. So I'll be getting into some of the details on that. But I'm going to say this too, and this is not to take it away from me, but I I know there's an article in the paper today that alludes to, um, and I think it's become clear to me that there are clear allegations and incidents on video of the Gomes campaign doing the same thing. And so, so why do I bring that up? I bring that up because if we're going to come clean We need to come clean and that means gomes has to come clean and if you see the video which you'll see in the media you'll see if it hasn't been distributed already it's in the possession and jurisdiction of the sec um for their evaluation and 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 handling prosecution whatever the terminology is um in order to
0: is are you alleging that it happened during the general election or the primary
2: it's not my allegation okay um it is a it is a it is a complaint allegation if you will and a video that was filed with the court as part of the evidence. All the videos were filed. Um, Having to do with the primary, then? Having to do with the primary. Okay. Where ballot, you know, one person going to the the box 11 times, dropping a handful of them on the ground and going, and so I think Gomes has to acknowledge that. He has to say, I hope, at least what I've said, acknowledge that he's had wrongdoing in his campaign. Um, I'd go the next step, and, you know, I said this from the beginning. I never claimed that there wasn't once I saw the video. He needs to acknowledge the hypocrisy of, of saying, oh, we want clean elections. I do. But his 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 motives, once it went to court, weren't to expose all of the wrongdoing. His motivation in going to court was to overturn the election so he could win. Now, I'm not criticizing him because he wants to be mayor, but the hypocrisy of, of and lack of, of, of candor uh an integrity in ignoring the same wrongdoing by a number of individuals with his shirts on um repeatedly going to the box and then claiming only the Gannam campaign if you will um has has irregularities in it um is not only disingenuous but needs to needs to stop needs to stop today and be a part of what i hope is a solution to avoid uh, put an end So to this when you future. say you
0: want to go further and you're going to have this press conference to go further, what is it you're going to be demanding?
2: Well, uh, it won't be a demand. Well, it'll be a strong ask in the form of a letter to the Secretary of State that basically invites the Secretary of State's office to come into our campaign now and right through to 8 o'clock on Election Day. So
0: have a monitor, literally. There.
2: Monitor, um, be a part of it. Um, the provisions that were put in place, uh, some of them by the court at the suggestion, are, are good and helpful. Um, but you know, a couple things, and, and I, I need to share this part of it too, that in Bridgeport, we have one of the largest populations of seniors and people with, with handicaps or physical disabilities or lack of transportation, never, ma- never mind lack of affordable housing. And so when you get to the issue of opportunity, of enfranchising, of allowing people the constitutional right to vote, Mm -hmm. unabridged, certainly by interplay, um, we need to recognize that that cannot be a... I go to a house and a woman's in a wheelchair, and she says, I want to vote. What's my answer to? Oh, I'm sorry, it's going to be snowy on December 23rd. So what are you going to do? Well, I'd like the assistance in a strong way. And resources shouldn't be an issue. I mean, what
0: are you going to do? Do you want to have more polling places? Do you want to have more rides to the poll? Like, I would
2: like. The do secret- you want
0: to have more registered people who can accept up to five absentee ballots per person? What do you want to do?
2: Well, I think your suggestions all supervised balloting. I've I've asked to reduce the threshold from a minimum of twenty people to as little as five, so that we can allow more people to vote in their homes with the with the supervision of the. Secretary of State's office or the Registrar of Votes Office, whoever the proper authorities, it's certainly not city officials, um, as one element. But the Secretary of State invited into the campaign um, with open transparency for the Gomes campaign to agree to do that as well with his campaign. So at least we're starting on a foundation that says, we're going to be a part of this with the Secretary of State. And I'd hope an element of that would be just to your point. How do we allow them I to mean, vote? I if,
0: mean, if, if the public in the P.T. Barnum houses in the West End of Bridgeport were in the habit of embracing Wanda or Anita and saying, yes, this is the routine that I have and here's my ballot. If they were in that habit, how are you going to have those people vote if they can't vote that way now?
2: Well, we as a campaign, different from the or in addition to the things we've talked about. We're going to look very strongly at the ability to provide rides mm-hmm. to individuals, let them know that there will be an enormous amount of effort put into rides to get people to the polls. To the polls. That doesn't take care of and I don't. No, it
0: doesn't. It the, doesn't take care of people who are housebound who don't want to come or so who I find need, it too so difficult need help. to so come.
2: I'm, so if this is a, a call to arms, a mm-hmm. call for help, if it's a request, a demand, any way you do it, I'm putting it in writing in a letter to the Secretary of State I think we need to do that. I think we need to to make the call um now and i'd ask the gomes campaign to join i'd ask him to acknowledge the people in his campaigns that violated election laws upfront he can't deny the video um, which which is out there that's been filed by the uh in, in the, the well filed with the SCEC by the council They say president. they have over
0: a dozen investigations just on the municipal election alone in Bridgeport. That was the big article this morning. Four out of five of the people that are lawyers in seek are just spending their time on the municipal elections in Bridgeport, the recent ones. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Talk about resources. And then you have,
2: part of it you have on election day is a councilwoman, uh, and, and we, can, we can talk about it or not, but was arrested for assaulting a senior citizen, a 70-year-old woman at the polling place, um, added to that. So so we need the support and the help on both sides. I'm asking the other campaign to make the same acknowledgement and the same commitment to transparency going forward, requesting the Secretary of State to be a part of that so we can ensure when, we, when we, 8 o'clock comes on, whatever time it is that we finalize the votes on January 23rd, that we're all comfortable. We've done everything we can to ensure voter access and 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 voter reliability and election reliability
0: we'll be right back with Mayor Joe Gannam you're listening to Lisa Wexler on WICC and we're back 203 333 is our number but we're not open to calls right now but that's the number for Paul Pacelli from 2 to 6 who'll be joining us with Connecticut today Eric Erickson comes up from 12 to 2 and you're listening to a live interview with Mayor Joe Gannam here in the Bridgeport studios um, I wanted to um, ask you Mayor Gannam Just to follow up a little bit on how, as a mechanical issue, you're going to be getting people to be able to vote. And you talked about the many who have difficulty, who are handicapped. Are there polling places right now in the senior housing complexes? Do they
2: exist? No. And so so to break it down a little bit, that's why the opportunity for what's called supervised ballots. Right now, the law or the rules are that if you have 20 or more individuals who want to vote by absentee in a congregated setting— could be what you mentioned, which I think was Twin Towers, um, that the Secretary of State Register of Voters Office would come there, everybody would sit down, I assume, I never really witnessed it, and they'd give them ballots. And then I see. So, so the op- and then they would take the ballots completely. So it takes out any of the... The Traveling, campaigns. no ballot boxes, and campaigns. no campaigns. Campaigns are not there. You can, you know, you can go in and shake hands the day before, or a week before, if you want to say, please vote for me, give me. But you're not, you're not there.
0: But that's an ask. I mean, it, there's no well, guarantee that, it, it that, that that's going to happen. It right? happens
2: now in a, in some locations, and so what I'm saying is, we need to utilize that as well as other tools. That is one tool. What I'd like to see happen is, do you need 20 people, or could you do it? I know it's, it could be considered cost prohibitive. Could it be five people? Um. Could it be? 10 I don't know what that number is, but we need to be, have it more widespread as one opportunity. Not only is the transport is the distance a problem, but if it's January, you've said this before. If it's January 23rd and it's snowing cold. or it's cold, icy, how many people don't want to go out on a, or can't go out on a good day? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you and I could if we're feeling good, but maybe their physical disabilities, um, their age, arthritis—it could be anything. Um, so that's that's the challenge, and we don't want, certainly we don't want any claims of irregularities in this, but we also don't want a decision for the largest city to be decided by a nominal, I don't say nominal, but by a, the least amount of people. We want it decided by the most amount of people. So we want to create that enfranchising, that opportunity. I don't have all the answers, and, and even the, the enormous powers that people perceive and, in reality, the mayor's office has in some things— Zero power.
0: So, Mayor Ganem, if you don't emerge from this a winner, and you're going for a record-setting what eighth term, ninth term, something like that? It's either I mean, eighth it's or ninth, depending on how you look I at always it. Always trying to look forward. Okay, <laughs> but if you if you don't, and I know that you were recently denied the opportunity to re you know become another a member of the bar again, what will you do?
2: Well, I I will sorely miss, and I you know God willing that won't happen, but um, I will sorely miss. The challenges and the opportunities and the rewarding aspects and the difficult aspects of serving the people that I love in the city of Bridgeport. How old are you? Oh, you really are getting personal. How old are you? You were born at 59, right?
0: Yeah, I was born at 60. That's all right. I think
2: we graduated law school about the same time. I graduated in 84. Yeah, I graduated at yeah. the end of 83. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Can
0: you believe that? 40 years. I can't even believe not even believe I'm glad it. you
2: put yours out there, too. Hmm? You just <laughs> oh, I do. Sure,
0: I do. I don't care. Um, you know, my father always says, never worry about the things you can't change. can't right. change your age. Or the past. It is what it is.
2: It is the past. Look forward to the future, the hope of vision for the people, and to continue to serve them with that and um, have doubled down on, on, the the hopefully, the amount of personal touch and, and, and interaction that I've had to learn and listen from, from the residents. It's making me not only reconnect, but reconnect with myself and the things that I not only enjoy so much about serving, but makes me a better, not just a better person, but to the people that I serve, hopefully a better mayor. That's the goal.
0: When you came on the scene again in 2015, do you remember that you came on the scene with an apology to the people of Bridgeport?
2: Oh, sh- absolutely.
0: Do you feel that it's a good time now to apologize again?
2: Well, I think I've, by the acknowledging it, I'm sure I'm embarrassed and I'm sorry for what happened with the campaign. Granted, I had no knowledge of what was going on. I mean, obviously, we, we, it was my office that was instrumental in ensuring that those boxes that were so prominent now were placed under cameras just so that we'd have that. But sure, I feel, I I feel as everyone else does that, you know, I've said it's a black eye. Locally, and, and, and it's gone, you know, some of the politics have taken it nationally. But now's our opportunity, I think, to and, come together.
0: And so let me ask you this, because we only have a few minutes to wrap up, Mayor Gannam. Of the accomplishments that you have done as mayor, um, how do you want to be remembered?
2: Well, hopefully that...
0: Like in point other words of,
2: hopefully the point of being remembered doesn't happen too soon no of course
0: <laughs> but I mean if you look sure. back over I, think it I would mean because I was reading about the, the the parks that you planted and the livability award that you won and all these things in your early years as mayor just wondering because there was that break and now you've come back is there a signal accomplishment that you think that you did as mayor that is maybe the one that will last
2: longest you know we... Thought about this, and sometimes you look at physical structures, the improvements to the downtown. You can look at the highlights of the waterfront that's developing, the amphitheater, and all that. But I think when you break it down, for me, I've always looked at this city as certainly a large city, but a city of neighborhoods that take that, that need the quality, need need constant nurturing for the quality of life and improving the quality of life. And if I can leave, maybe generationally, to the next generation of uh, this place, this this not only just earth, but this city. In a better state with a foundation in place that will continue to make it to be the best place, the foundation in place for the next generation and generation after that with quality of life and opportunity for the people that in, that, that have it now but that inherit it, whether they come in as adults or as children, I'll feel satisfied that however many years it is that you've identified that I serve <laughs> and continue to serve, will not only have been, none of it will be wasted and it will be time uh, well spent. Yeah. And rewarding. So, thank you for the opportunity to be on. I know we're probably going to run out of time. Yeah, we're
0: running out in about a minute. And I
2: love being mayor. If anybody thinks about it, um, if 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 there was any question about how difficult it is or the challenges, um, the interactions with residents, as I've said before, have uh, reenergized. Not only me, I've, I've had a what I call a come to Jesus meeting with our department heads and met with union people today, saying, "Look, it, there's there's love out there, but it's it's tough love right now. We need to." We need to tighten up the ship. Yes, we, you guys are doing a good job, but we need to do better on the on the on the details of everything from constituency work to turning things around when people ask for it out of city government to be more responsive. And you know, uh, I was very pleasantly pleased about how people broke out of their individual roles as department heads or 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 with uniforms on and said, "Yes, let's let's cross over as we've done in the past." And put this comprehensive approach that Mayor Ganem or that you know they approached me as Joe was, as as we've done in the past, and let's roll it out and push it out and make sure the people know that we get it and that you're gonna you're starting to see and hear uh, about much more of what I'd like to see as the legacy. Of, uh, of 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 me as mayor of the city of Bridgeport as we go into this next cycle in the next few years. Joe Gannam
0: thanks for coming in the studio.
2: Thank you for having thanks me.
0: Thanks for for trusting us here at WICC. You're wonderful. This is thank you. This is your this is your neighborhood. This is your audience. These these are your people.
2: Well I, I appreciate it. and you let me talk to so many people today by being on the air which I appreciate. And to all your listeners who may have you know, hung in there for an hour. Thank you for listening (laughs) to us. Yeah, There was no humor or jokes in there. Um, So that usually keeps people listening. But the opportunity to talk um, and your your ability to allow me to candor and revealing in maybe ways that I'm not doing really good at (laughs) Um, I do appreciate that. Too.
0: That's a pleasure. We're going to have all of this available on podcast. We'll wrap it up without commercials for you. It'll be available on LisaWexler.com. You'll hear bits of it throughout the day. Paul Paselli up from Connecticut today from 2 to 6, so don't forget to keep your dial. Tune to WICC with Eric Erickson coming right up. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be back behind the mic tomorrow. Hold up. What was that?
1: For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
0: Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.